Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In all of human history, slavery can easily be identified generally as an evil, even an unholy thing. Yet when God gave his laws and ordinances to his people, he did not abolish it, but rather he gave special place for a kind of relationship where a slave and master would be joined in spirit, in love, and in obedience for their entire lives. Before you jump to your own conclusions of this strange and mysterious topic in Scripture, we invite you to stay tuned for the next 30 minutes as we will again be treated to a very fresh and profound view of God's Word. We return to the book of Exodus today, and I think a remarkable message dealing with one of the real perplexities of the Bible. Francis Ball is with us once again. Francis, we have quite a message before us today, don't we? We certainly do, and I believe we're in for... A lot of surprises to see how God handles problems that we consider real problems in society today. Well, today, Francis, we're in Exodus 21, and we're looking at the first of the ordinances that were given to supplement the original Ten Commandments. These in chapter 21 deal with man's relationship with man, such as slavery, which we alluded to. But before we get to that, I'd like to ask you to review the first of the ordinances dealing with the matter of worship man's relationship to God. We saw that worship was to be with an altar constructed only of dirt and unhewn stones, and finally, not built so high so as to require steps to get up to it. It was a marvelous picture. Can you review this for us, Francis? Well, God wants to be worshiped, but man's way of worship is certainly not God's way. So when he told man to make an altar to worship him, This altar that he wanted built typifies the cross of Christ, and the sacrifices that were on the altar typify Christ himself. So to preach Christ crucified is really a foolishness to the Greeks, it says in 1 Corinthians in the Bible, and also it's a stumbling block to the Jews who have their religion too. We all have seen the ways that A man has invented to try to improve and beautify the cross, for example. This altar that he talks about here in this chapter is an altar of earth and unhewn stones. Man was not to put a tool to these stones that were used to build the altar. So God doesn't want anything of man's work, and he's made this very clear. And man always invents a way to try to elevate himself and to build himself up with his achievements and his ideas. And uh, this is indicated by the fact that he didn't want any steps to his altar. He didn't want something high that would take uh, steps to attain certain achievements to be more acceptable to God. So God did not allow steps to go up to an altar. This would show levels of human attainment. Man's worship of God is really an abominable condition before God. God wants a simple altar made of dirt, and of unhewn stones. And this shows us 
that God's way is not man's way, and man's religion is an abomination to God, not an asset. Well, Francis, as you and I were speaking a few moments ago, even before we began this recording, a word like this cannot help but cause all of us to really take stock and really open our being to the Lord. It does have that effect. When we hear this message, I believe you'll realize that what we're into today is really the revelation of God himself. And as we get into these messages in these few days, we'll see man's relation with God is on God's terms only. Well, today, Francis, we're going to go on to the next of the ordinances dealing with slavery, a topic that is very interesting. And I think, as you mentioned in our earlier introduction, our listeners are going to be very likely surprised by what we get into today. Let's join Witness Lee. Now we come to the ordinances concerning men. The sequence of these ordinances is very strange. If you were the writer, you would put the ordinances concerning children with the parents first. But it's so strange. Many ordinances in these three chapters. I believe it should be over 50. Many ordinances concerning man's relationship one with another. The first one is concerning slavery. Why this has to be the first? Why it is so important? And what is the spirit of this ordinance? You must go to Philippians 2. In Philippians 2, two words are used concerning the Lord Jesus. The first word is empty. And the second word is humble. Firstly, he emptied himself, then he humbled himself. And we know in Philippians 2, it tells us the Lord Jesus is our pattern. And that pattern is not a pattern of a high-class people. That is a pattern of a slave. Who was he that became a slave? It says he was equal to God, yet... He became not only a man, but a slave. One who had the equality with God now became a slave. What is this? This is to empty yourself and to humble yourself. Who can keep all these detailed ordinances? Only one can keep. This one must be the one who is waiting to be a slave. You know, what is a slave? A slave knows no right. A slave only knows sacrifice. A slave never considers his own interests. Never claims his own rights. His life and his living are all for others. This is the spirit of the ordinances. This is why both the Lord Jesus and the Apostle Paul, they all stressed concerning keeping of the law, the matter of love. All the commandments are wrapped up in one word. Love others. Surely God's divine ordinances are altogether different from today's law. Man's law. Man's law doesn't mean anything about love. But... Look at this ordinance. 
the prerequisite is to humble yourself. Amen. Don't stand for your rank. Don't claim anything for yourself. Just sacrifice. Sacrifice everything for yourself to serve others. This is the spirit. Well, Francis, as we talked about earlier, it would have been very easy for the Lord as he was giving the commandments and the ordinances to his people to simply abolish such an obviously evil thing as slavery. Yet rather than abolish it, he makes provision for slavery and then even elevates it to the first ordinance given dealing with human relationships. Francis, there's just no way for our natural mind to gain any kind of understanding from this. What is the view from the spiritual side that we're hearing and seeing today? Well, the view from the spiritual side is to see that uh, this matter of slavery is really a position, you can say, that the Lord Jesus Christ himself took. So this certainly puts a spiritual significance to slavery. Even in this day, it's still a subject that many people spend their Sunday morning messages on, but not from the spiritual side, but rather from the side of society. But here we're seeing something about slavery that has really been elevated in our view. When we see this, that the only life of Christ himself is really a life of slavery. This involves two things that are mentioned about the Lord himself in Philippians chapter 2. First of all, even though the Lord himself was God, equal with God, yet he emptied himself. Not only that, he humbled himself in such a way that he could be the slave of God. Surely, no man-made law would or could be based on love as this ordinance was. This ordinance, man's slavery, is based on sacrifice and love. Our love really sacrifices. So this is the picture of the Lord Jesus himself that was a slave of God. And the slave in Exodus 21 as certainly a type of Christ. For him to be one who had sacrificed himself out of love for us and out of obedience to God, the Lord Jesus is equal with God, as I said, but he humbled himself and became a person on the lowest level of society. He became a slave. And without our willingness to be a slave, there's no way for us to keep these detailed ordinances of the law. We need the life of the one who emptied himself, humbled himself, and became a sacrifice. And this reminds me of uh, the life of, the, of Brother Lee. I would consider, and I think most of us that were with him for so long a period of time would realize that here was a man who was a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul refers to himself in the same way. In some of his epistles, he starts out, saying, Paul, a slave of Christ. And I saw in uh, Witness Lee a man who really, out of love and sacrifice, was a slave of Christ. And for us to be this kind of person, we must be one who empties ourselves, humbles ourselves, and becomes a sacrifice. And I think you know, Chris, that the last word that Witness Lee said before he passed away was sacrifice. So, we see not only this life is, is a type of Christ, but this life is, is Christ himself lived out again in his slaves today. 
Well, Francis, one of the things that strikes me most significantly about this word is that in one sense, before we are brought to Christ, we are all slaves. Not to Christ, not to God, but to something else. Obviously to sin and to the world and to our lust and so many things that enslave us. And to free us from that slavery, he became a kind of slave. Mm -hmm. And now we're being transformed into another kind of slave through the spirit of the slave that he really portrayed and made available to us in resurrection. What a picture this is. Certainly is a picture. And the fulfillment of the meaning of this divine ordinance depends upon our willingness to empty ourselves, humble ourselves, not claiming anything for ourselves, and sacrificing ourselves really to serve others. Mm. Well, let's go back to Witness Lee, Francis. Now, every good teacher of the Bible, they all say the same thing. These three in chapter 21 was a type of the Lord Jesus. And I agree with this. This was a type of the Lord Jesus. It's so strange here concerning the slave. The main thing is to make a hole on the ear. You all know the significance. And this is to open up your ear to listen to your master. Then in the Old Testament, there are two portions as prophecies concerning Christ being a slave. One is in Psalm 40, the other is in Isaiah 50. It is so interesting. In both portions, the Lord's ear is mentioned. The Lord Jesus, he loved God and he kept God's word. Not by being a son of God, but by being a slave of God. He was a slave. So he can listen to God And he can do God's will by keeping God's word. And God's will was to redeem all his children people. And God gave this command to Jesus. And he went to the cross. I tell you, his going to the cross was an obedience. In Philippians 2, he died on the cross, dead, dying was an obedience. Who does such a death? Only a slave. Now, you look into these few verses in chapter 21. It is very meaningful. The ordinance says, if you buy a Hebrew brother to be your slave, okay, he has to work for you six years. After six years, you have to let him go. But if the slave says, I love you, my master, and love my wife, and I love my children, I wouldn't go out. You listen. I don't think there's any law on this earth like this. This is altogether not based upon any legal requirements. It is all based upon love. What is love? Love is sacrifice. The Lord Jesus loved us by being a sacrifice. He himself, totally speaking, was a sacrifice. He sacrificed everything. Now, with Christ, who was the master? His father. Who was the wife? The church. And who are the children? All the saints. In New Testament, 
at least you have threefold love that Jesus hide. One fold for the Father, one fold for the church, and one fold for the saints. In John 14, 31, he says that the world may know I love my Father. In Ephesians 5, it says he loved the church. And Galatians 2, 20 says he loved the believers. He loved his Father, he loved his wife, and he loved his children. He wouldn't go out. Love must be the motive. Love must be the requirement. Francis, now we not only have an ordinance that provides for slavery, but we even have a special ordinance to deal with the case of a slave who so loves his master that he refuses to go out free even when he could legally do so. What kind of legal system does this represent? Uh, this is a marvelous story and uh, an account in the Bible. There's no kind of legal system in all of human society like this for one who had been bought as a slave, served his master for six years, and then to be allowed to go out free. To make such a choice as to not go out free because he loves his master and he loves the wife he gained during the time of his slavery, he loved the children that he gained during those three years, so he would not go out free. This is love. This is a type of the love of Christ. First, Christ loves the Father. We see this in John 14, where he says, they will know that I love the Father. And then second, he loves the church. In uh, Ephesians chapter 5, it says Christ loved the church. And then he also loves the saints. And this is what is pictured by this love of this slave who can go out free. And it's really a type of Christ. Because Christ loves the Father, Christ loves the church, and Christ loves the saints. Because Paul said, who love me. So we can all say that he loved us and he would not divorce himself from this life of slavery that led him all the way to give himself up for us. For us to be this kind of slave, we need to be able to say, oh Lord, I love you. Even if I have to go out free, I wouldn't go out. I don't want to leave. I love you, I love your church, and I love your children, all your saints. So I think this picture of slavery is beautiful and certainly beyond human understanding. We have to have a revelation from God himself. We really do. Well, let's go back, Francis. We've got one more portion from Witness Lee. The main thing is that the master brings the slave to a doorpost. You know, in the ancient time, the slaves all had to stand by the doorpost, waiting for orders from the master. And then the slaves would not do anything by themselves on their own. No, they do things according to the master's word. And all those slaves have to stand right against the doorpost. This indicates your position is just at the doorpost. Then the master bore the ear of the slave to make a hole. This indicates the master opened your ear, making it so good to listening 
today, many so-called Christians serving God without such a standing and without such a year. They don't have a standing by the doorpost, and they don't have a year with a hole. They do things on their position, and they do things not according to what they hear of the Master. They do things just by their own thought, by their own wish, by their own will. Well, they're saying, sorry, I have no choice but to tell you, you must be such a person. You must say, oh Lord, I love you. Even I have the liberty to go out, I don't lack. I love you. And I love your church. And I love your children. I love you. No choice. Oh, dear saints, my burden is just to pass on to you these three points. Number one, a slavery spirit. Number two, a slavery love. Number three, a slavery obedience. We must be such a person with a slavery spirit and a slavery love and a slavery obedience that we can keep God's ordinances. Even in the New Testament economy, there is the need of such a spirit, love, and obedience. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you can see why this ordinance is the first one. And you can see why this first ordinance was a type of the Lord Jesus. Actually, he was this slave. And we are his members. So he was this slave, and we are now all such kind of slaves. Loving God, loving the church, loving his people. Sacrificing and serving. Well, Francis, we've seen the spirit of the slave, the love of the slave, and now the obedience of the slave. I think all three of these aspects are really displayed in a marvelous way by this illustration of the doorpost and the ear of the slave being bored through. Is this really our destiny, Francis, in the Christian life? Chris, if we really want to be one with the Lord Jesus, our destiny must be the same as his, and our pathway must be the same as his. It's the way of slavery. This picture of a slave being brought to the doorpost and having his ear bored through with an awl is really our destiny in the Christian life. There are many dear saints who feel that they are serving the Lord, but without being at the doorpost, just waiting for the Master's command or the Master's word, too many have not had their ear pierced through with an awl to hear the Master's word, and not many are waiting at the doorpost. This is quite a significant picture that's been emphasized by Brother Lee's word today. The two references referred to by Brother Lee regarding the ear of the Lord Jesus must also be applied to us. To assume to be serving the Lord in His interest without being a slave, waiting at the doorpost with an open ear, actually negates our service. We must have the spirit of slavery. We must have the love of slavery. And we must have the obedience of slavery. Only in this way can the will of God, our Master, be fulfilled. 
Francis, I was really excited, very much anticipating this life study message, uh, having gone over it and, and heard Witness Lee speaking. It was so fresh and so full of light on a topic that you would think, how in the world can you deal with that in a New Testament way? or a way that has an application to the Christian life. But what a treat this has been to uh, to really get into this message together with you. I appreciate it very much. I've really enjoyed it. We're very happy that we can see this because it's not something we would come out and see by ourselves. It takes some light from the Lord. It takes some ministry that really opens the book to us. And it takes some experience for a person to be able to make this clear to us. And I'm so thankful that this ministry doesn't treat these cases in the Old Testament and here in Exodus in particular in a general way like a history book or just like instructions, but actually applicable to our daily living. Well, as you brought out, Witness Lee was a brother who had really entered into this experience. The spirit, the love, and the obedience of the slave was very much evident in his own living, and I believe that's why the Lord had such a way to open up a matter like this. I'd like to thank Francis Ball for being with us again. I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study, unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety or download more audio programs like this one all free of charge. Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.